We're in the book of Proverbs, and I will put on my gruff voice here tonight. Uh, Book of Proverbs, and in chapter 6 was one of our texts we're going to look at. Of course, look at a lot of different verses tonight. But the various topics we've looked at in this study, uh, we just basically pick a word and a topic, and this book of Proverbs is filled with all kinds of them. Uh, One of them is the topic of ambition. And uh, I I say ambition or the lack of ambition also, right? And we're going to look at that tonight as our topic. I don't know how far we'll get, but I have some things. And point number one is uh, the lack of ambition, all right? Because there's a lot that the book of Proverbs has to say about slothfulness or laziness and uh, the dealing with the season of work and those kind of things and so the verses i want to look at is proverbs 6 and chapter or verse 6 down to it's actually going to go down to verse 12 but uh, i'll get there it says go to the ant you sluggard consider her ways and be wise which having no captain overseer or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. And let's pray. Lord, we are grateful tonight for your word, and as we look at these... um, various verses on this whole topic of ambition help us to uh, walk closer with you and may our walk be one that pleases you in jesus name amen i don't know if you've ever watched ants but they are fascinating little critters maybe some of you are kind of grossed out about them i know my daughter when we were just uh, we were living in kiev ukraine and we were out in uh they have these beautiful botanical gardens in the summer. Everything's blossoming and beautiful. It's like a park. And we were walking through there, and all of a sudden, Laura, she just started screaming. And my daughter, if you know Laura, uh, she doesn't like any kind of bugs, any kind of thing. Well, she happened to be standing on a little ant hill, and those ants were biting her, and she began to dance all around and scream and holler. And all the people in the park were looking like, what are we doing to our child? And and all that, but Laura doesn't have is not fond of ants. But but if you uh, look at the ant and consider her, that's what the Bible says that we can learn a lot from the ant. Right, the ant works and it gathers its food when it can in the summer. Usually, you don't see ants in the winter; it's too cold. Right, but um, you have them doing that. And there's a picture here just I pulled that was a picture of a piece of fruit and how those ants are all over that. And in no time, they will tear that little piece of fruit apart and each one taking just a small portion and they will walk away with it and store it wherever ants store their food. Um, I remember hearing a story from a guy that was in Peru and he said that he was walking along and he saw this long white string and it just went on and on and on. He thought it was just a string and he looked a little closer and it was a whole like line of ants and there was actually two lines there was one line going out and one coming back and they were carrying uh, pieces of a piece of grapefruit there was a piece of grapefruit that was already half eaten that was all on the ground over in this place and and they were just taking little pieces and they were walking off with it and you know that's the way the ants work 
they, on one hand, can't lift a whole piece of grapefruit, but uh, a, a mon multitude of them can take that and bring that and then use it. And we're told to go to the ant and consider her ways. And, of course, uh, the worker ants are all female, if you didn't know that. So the Bible gets that right when it says, consider her ways, okay? And uh, God still uses pronouns that are appropriate, by the way, too. So keep that in mind. But um, uh, talking about the worker ant and in that. And the Bible talks about work. And I think it's in the heart of people in general to work. Not all people want to work, but it is really the way we were created and designed. We were made to be people of work. Productive work, not just tedious work or work that never does anything or accomplishes anything. But when you think about Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it, right? To tend and keep it. And I think at the heart of every person is the heart of a gardener. Now, you might not be a gardener necessarily. You might be somebody, maybe a craftsman or something like that. But I think the principle is the same. He wants us to be able to use our abilities to work. Now, before sin, and that was when God put him in the garden, obviously, that you can imagine what that garden would have been like and how easy it would have been in many ways to produce fruit out of a garden before there were thorns and thistles and death and everything else that comes in, disease. But... God put it in the heart of us to work. And there really, the Bible talks about that, and there's a healthy way to work. There's an unhealthy way. Uh, the, the, throughout the scriptures, we see numerous that talk about um, both ambition and work and laziness and the commandments that go with that. Um, and to understand that God also wants his people to be faithful at what he gives us for tasks. Luke chapter 16, verse 10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. The principle of stewardship, as Christ puts it there. And we're to be careful how we use our time. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor. And in reality, much of poverty, it's not all attributed to laziness by any means. Um, sometimes it's attributed just to a sinful world that either takes in, in, that, in that way or war or other things that can certainly rob people of any wealth or any possessions. But in general, uh, I think that wherever people have embraced the scriptures and have become uh, have come from a judeo-christian worldview in their viewing they take work seriously and it has made those places better for their productivity in that and it says but the hand of the diligent makes rich and he who gathers in summer is a wise son he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame and I can imagine those of us that have worked the harvest, you know there's a certain season that you can, if it's potatoes or whatever, you, you're out there and you have to be up as long as you can to get that harvest in because the winter comes quickly, doesn't it? And you can lose the harvest. And you imagine a son who doesn't go out and work when he has to. That is a shame, the Bible says. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, 
But he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. It's like the man who was kind of a lazy guy and someone said to him, do you have any favorite Bible stories? And he says, well, yeah, I like I like that story about uh, loafing around and fishing all day. Well, that's that's how some people look at it. the, The loaves and the fishes, right? Yeah. And, and that's not what the Bible teaches, is it, that we loaf around and fish all day. Uh, you know, if you're fishing, you know, for food and working as a fisherman, that's one thing. But it's more than just that. We have to till the land. We have to work. We have to be engaged in those things. The one who stays on the job has food on the table. I like that. And the witless chases whims and fancies. That's the message version of the previous verse. And I, I like that. It's just kind of drives it home to me when you look it says he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding and i kind of like it the way it says here the one who stays on the job has food on the table and how often it's really the reward of just being faithful at the task that you have not just always wanting something more than never doing it proverbs twelve twenty four: the hand of the diligent will rule But the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Isn't that something? The lazy man having to be forced to labor. Whereas the diligent will be the one in charge. And that in general is the way it should be, right? Now it isn't always that way. But um, honestly, most employers out there are looking for people who are responsible and they're workers. And there's sometimes few of them. And those that are stand out. Proverbs 13.4, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. And I think that's just the diligence of your hands, right? Um, I'm thankful for parents that just emulated that in many ways. Um, they did have time for us and, and did that with my brother and myself. But I, my mom's one of those ladies that she never really stops. She, she's always doing something, whether she's cooking or sewing or spinning wool. I mean, she does that, and she does all kinds of stuff. And I always think, man, how does my mom do that? And she's now um, going to be 76 this year. But she continues to do that. But she had a grandmother that was like that and a mother that was like that and, and, and dad and, and as well. And does a lot. And it's taught me a lot over the years. I, I wish I could do some of the things that she could do and my dad can do, but uh, he's given me other tasks to do for sure. But beware, because laziness, what it produces is a desire, but you might not have anything. And it really often produces a covetous spirit where you desire to have something that isn't yours, you didn't work for it, and you just want it, and you think you deserve it. And boy, that's the spirit of our age, isn't it? In so many ways, people out there saying we need to have uh, whatever it might be. You know, you you hear that out there. Um, How about Proverbs 14.23? In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Uh, In other words, you need to get to work, don't you? And I think those that emulate that, they stand out when they actually are laboring at the job that they've been given to do. And uh, idle chatter leads only to poverty. Don't be somebody that just hangs around the break room and never gets to work. Proverbs 19.15, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. 
Simple truth, isn't it? Proverbs 20, verse 4. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. The principle there is preparing the ground before you have to plant. And in a, up here it doesn't work so much in the middle of winter to plow. But you have to plow the ground in the fall. Again, plow it up in the spring. Plant, do all that. And if you don't do that, you're going to suffer. That's just not going to happen. And it seems probably fruitless when you're out there plowing ground that there's nothing in it. It's for seed. You're just turning the soil. But it needs to be done. And you can imagine in a day when you didn't have mechanical ways of doing that, um, not with machines like we have today. Proverbs 26.15, The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. Wow, what a, what a picture. The guy's so lazy, he just sticks his hand in the bowl and then it says, feed me, please. You know, I mean, that, that's bad, right? That's really, really bad. Don't be that kind of believer, all right? Hand in the bowl, somebody come feed me, all right? Ephesians chapter 5 in the New Testament says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And it sounds like somebody that should be reading the book of Proverbs. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. A picture here, and this is from, the, from Paul's writings in the New Testament. And again, being diligent with the time that you have. It's estimated that if you take an average lifespan of the world, about 70, we're a little bit more here in America, but you will spend it your time in these ways, according to these stats I found. Three years like full years are spent just in education for most people. So you think, well, I spent a lot more years in that. But you really had a lot of time to sleep. You had a lot of time to go home. You did sports. You did other things, whatever. You worked. But you'll spend three full years sitting in a classroom. Eight years in amusements. And I think these are old stats. Because you probably, it's more like doubled now for what people do for amusements. Eight years. Six years at the dinner table. There we go. <laughs> That's a lot of time at the dinner table. Five years in transportation. Wow. Unless you're a truck driver, you probably spend a whole lifetime, don't you? How about this? Three years being sick out of your life. How about that? Or convalescing. And if you only go to church 90 minutes a week, you'll only spend one year of your life. One year of your life in church or in service to the Lord. I think it's important that we gather together. And I'm thankful you guys, most of you come to at least two or three services. And that doesn't mark, you know, that's not necessarily a mark of spirituality. You come when you can come. But I think that we should be about the Lord's business. Because, you know, we only have a short time here, don't we? We really do. Sometimes laziness accomplishes little in second thessalonians paul writes there he said but we command you brethren in the name of our lord jesus christ that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us for you yourselves know how you ought to follow us for we were not disorderly among you nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge like Paul didn't come to Thessalonica with his hand out saying, I'm an apostle, here I am, send your gifts. 
but worked with labor and toil night and day. I think that's the mark of a, of a true servant of God, that they should be workers, you know. If they're not, that's a problem. That we might not be a burden to any of you. That was the reason. Paul didn't want somebody coming along and saying, oh, there's Paul, he's coming again. Hide the cookie jar, you know. Lock the fridge up. Here he comes. No, when Paul was coming, he probably had something in his hand to bring. And because he was working night and day to help do that. Not because we do not have authority. He could have done that. But to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. Wow, I could follow a guy like Paul because he was an example to follow. And he says, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So there, that's a good principle to follow. If someone refuses to work and they're able-bodied, then they should not eat. It's a very simple principle. And we would be in a different state of affairs with our country if people were like that more. And we took that seriously. And by the way, the more we get away from the scripture and away from God, the worse it's going to be. And you're going to have more of that kind of stuff arising. There's a lot that could be said. And uh, I won't turn to it, but Matthew chapter 25, remember the talent that the Lord knew, um, you know, about the, the talent hidden in the ground, all that. Again, a principle of stewardship in that. Uh, second point you have the lack of ambition that's laziness but the second one is the lure of ambition the lure of ambition that can be just as bad that you desire to have way more than you need and doing so your entire world is caught up in the material it's like the young lawyer who got into his law practice, and he was making some really, really good money. And he went out, and he bought a really fancy, shiny sports car, BMW. And he went out for a ride, and that one day, proud as ever, you know, looking what he had bought. And as he was driving along, <clears throat> he didn't notice the rusty old pickup that was coming up behind him, speeding. And this guy flew past him, and when he went past him, that pickup hit his car, and the man lost control, and he went off the road, and when the deputy showed up, here's this lawyer, and he's next to his wrecked car, and the man is just sobbing, and he's saying, my car, my car, oh, my beautiful car, oh, I can't believe this. And the deputy looked at him and said, sir, you got worse problems than your car. Your arm's missing. He looked down, my Rolex, oh, my beautiful Rolex, it's missing. You know, ambition will drive us to... Things that we think are important that, that really aren't, are they? And, and that's, that's sometimes the way things are. Beware of those things. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4, Do not overwork to be rich. Because of your own understanding, cease. Man, that, that verse, I, could, I mean, of course, I could just stop right there, that one verse. Probably... When we look and we put these balances in our lives, hopefully you have some balance to your life. Don't be lazy. Make sure you're working. But don't overwork just for work. Because it will, um, 
it, 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 eventually you will cease. And what is it worth, right? You haven't invested in people or your own spiritual walk or the spiritual lives of others or, or had the time to do that. And I realize that's a hard thing to balance. It really is. Cease. Exclamation mark. Sometimes we just got to stop and take it in. You know, the Amish, you can learn a lot from the Amish, and I, I, I don't necessarily get my theology from the Amish and things like that. But the Amish, have a, they have some rules and what you're not to do, and they kind of live in the past if you're going to be part of that Amish community. Um, you have to live in a certain way. But the, re, like, the reason Amish people don't use a lot of mechanical things, and some of them will, and they can, and they're allowed to with certain aspects of their work and stuff. But the reason is... They don't want to work so hard that it brings too much money in so that they forget God. That's the general rule. So when you see an Amish man out there plowing in his field using a horse, you say, what, a dummy? Right, man? I mean, don't you know you got tractors? You could, you could buy twice as, I mean, 10 times the land, and you could work half the, the amount, and you could get twice the, and you'd have a big house, and you'd have two cars, and you'd have the camp and you'd have the boat and the new snowmobile and you you know sometimes I go by those Amish people and I think you know what I think they they got it figured out the guy's happy goes home it's dark go to bed you know there's other stuff they do too they're they're you've ever talked to some Amish people I think they're they're interesting folks but and I'm not ready to go back and live like I'm in the 1600s but I'm I'm saying this that why don't we balance things sometimes instead of looking well if i work these extra shifts or i do that then i can buy this and i and and sometimes we don't even seek the lord and say lord what will this do to me in this path ambition will drive us to the distraction too often sometimes we just have to cease will you set your eyes on that which is not for riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. And that is, uh, you know, again, uh, a way to, to look at that. Now, in the, I like what it says. Uh, again, I've been reading Proverbs in the message, uh, Eugene Patterson's translation. And I don't find, I just find it a very good translation to kind of give you the meaning behind how the verses stand out in English anyways. And I, I still prefer my my king james here but but it, it proverbs 23 4 and 5 in that version don't wear yourself out trying to get rich restrain yourself riches disappear in the blink of an eye wealth sprouts wings and flies off into the wild blue yonder hey man that is so true wealth can go like that you know and there's people right now, like you're looking at their retirement savings and saying, man, that's gone, you know, in the last two years with inflation and this and that, things aren't up. And invest in the Lord, you know. Uh, be wise with your finances too. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but be wise in your time, like redeeming the time. 1 Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. True. You come to the book of Revelation and you have Jesus addressing the church at Ephesus and 
He says, I know your works and your labor and all of those things, right? But he had something against him. And he says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. It is possible and very probable that you can be a a church or an individual Christian that can be so caught up with the things of doing that you miss what we should be doing, which is loving, loving the Lord, loving each other. The lore of ambition. And then lastly, the labor of ambition. The labor of ambition. The, the scripture offers a balanced view. And, you know, if you only had points one and two, you might fall on either side of that and say, oh boy, you know, which one am I? What can I do here? Well, the, the Bible is, is a, a balanced approach to things. We read this verse earlier, but it says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. You have that balanced approach, right? He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Again, Proverbs, in the very one verse there, it balances it out. There has to be a medium somewhere in the middle. Colossians chapter 3 says this, and whatever you do, this is the principle for us, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. If we did things according to what God wants and saw and not be so concerned about the boss or other people that will give you credit, we would be a whole lot better, I think. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. I think that ought to be our motto, our mission statement. Do it as unto the Lord and not unto man. And we're to do that. And we should be abounding in the work of the Lord, right? Uh, and that, that all is part of that balance in that. I trust you are. And again, uh, I, I'm not going to go any further here tonight, but the Bible talks about, and Jesus says, work for the night comes when no one can work. And I think there's a season in which we, we uh, are involved both spiritually working, you know, for the Lord in his service, evangelizing. I think the context of that is that kind of thing, that now is the appointed time. Now is the time when the message is going out. But there is coming a time when that coming night, when judgment will fall upon this earth, and the work of the saints as it is in this age is not going to be the same. There will be a harvest of souls that time too. But we are in a time where we can go out and bring the gospel and bring people into the Lord's kingdom that way. Uh, and that's, that's a great service to do. Hope you're being involved in those things. Anyways, a few verses tonight. Um, take them and, and run with them. And uh, don't get your hand in the food and then be so lazy you can't feed yourself, okay? The strength of our days, whether we're young or old or somewhere in between, and even in our weaknesses, God, you are made strong. So help us, Lord, to be balanced Christians. Lord, that we would work with the ambition to please you. So teach us in that way. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.